Welcome to the AI Learners Lounge. I'm your host, Cambria, and this is a podcast where AI meets learning and development. From exploring how AI facilitates individual learning to understanding its integration into broader organizational strategies, we tackle it all. Every episode brings fresh perspectives, innovative ideas, and actionable advice for those looking to weave AI into the fabric of the modern learning experiences. Join me as we navigate the intersection of technology and human potential right here on the AI Learner Lounge. Hello, and welcome back to the AI Learner Lounge podcast for episode 27, where we have a special guest joining us today, Alexander Salas. Now, Alexander is an e-learning designer and a learning experience designer with 15 plus years of experience specializing in the blend of learning technologies and gamification for performance outcomes. He's a United States Navy combat veteran, and after service in the Navy, He's worked with every facet of corporate learning and performance enablement for Fortune 100 enterprises like Philips and Dell Technologies. He also has his own podcast, Style Learn Origins, which explores the past of corporate learning and instructional design with key insights for the future. So welcome, Alexander. It's really great to have you here. Before we get started, do you want to share a little bit about yourself with the audience? Oh, wow. Well, no, I mean, you know, great intro there, uh, Cambria. Thank you so much for having me here. Um, yeah, in terms of, I think, uh, for those who don't know me, I've been doing this for quite a bit. I started as a trainer and evolving to, that's why you have that line there of all facets, which is evolving to from training in different languages as well, as Spanish and Portuguese, uh, to instructional design and LMS administration. So, I had a privileged career in the sense that I've been able to look at things from all those perspectives in a systemic way. So, you know, and as you know, I'd, uh, I like to practice uh, instructional systems design, which has a little bit of, a little bit of details there that we can have fun with. But yeah, very glad to be here. And thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. So I always like to start off just learning a little bit about my guest journey with AI, just because it's so different for everyone. So uh, could you share a little bit about your journey into the world of AI, what really sparked your interest in it? Wow. Yeah. So, you know, it, um, it well, uh, I think like many other designers, it happens by sometimes by accident, sometimes by requirement of a job. So I was doing a course, I was actually working at Dell and we were doing a course that involved uh, AI, so providing some kind of awareness about AI and where it was at. And it was an interesting, it was an interesting experience because I, I actually worked with people that were really experienced in computing and, you know, cloud and on-prem and all that. And uh, I was working in a line of enterprise servers type of thing. So that was, was the time where there was a lot of push from, you know, really getting people out of on-prem and going, you know, on local servers for the folks that I'm probably listening to me going on-prem, what is that? <laughs> so <laughs> local servers and having actual cloud servers, right? And so I did that course, you know, for that course, I, I did some research, looked into some things, got really interested in it. And I do have a, a good buddy of mine, uh, which, you know, you should have in the podcast at some point, uh, Mara Roldan, if you haven't yet. 
Uh, Myra is uh, works for Amazon, and she is she's done some cool stuff with AI and, and programming and whatnot. But yeah, that I came by way of that and, and got interested into the whole history of it. You know, Turin, the Turin test, um, all the little details that you find there. And of course, because I do the um, podcast, the Origins podcast, then kind of dove a little more into that. So from from the um, college, you know, from the fair in St. Louis in 1958, 56, and all of that, all that history evolving into now. But I mean, today we have such a such a jump in conversation, right? Because it was all like, um, I wrote this one article that is on my profile on LinkedIn about it during around those times and got involved into the four different modalities you find from machine learning, you know, that really are encompassed as part of the AI uh, sort of setup. But at that point, I wasn't aware or wasn't talking about lar- large language models or anything like that. So, you know, that's what, uh, you know, as we know today, everybody knows the name, right? Chat GPT. And now you got bored. And, and I think Ingenuity or Ingenuity, whatever, came out uh, from Google as well. So we have we we have things moving exponentially. So it's, it's very exciting. Yeah, I think that's the um... When we hear AI, everybody seems to automatically jump to chat GPT, but it's been around for a while. It's not necessarily something new, but yeah. it is different and it changes how we can do things. And I think that's what kind of sets it apart from some of the other types of AI. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, you know, I <laughs> I posted joking the other day, but based on the notion of, because there have been some projects that perhaps haven't gotten a lot of attention per se right on the ai side and um there was the of course there was the google youtube videos from uh uh what was it ganyan or nyan i can't pronounce his name but he is like the main um guy engineer out there and he is on the video and they're doing the image recognition stuff which works out of uh supervisory learning and you know um supervisor learning and deep learning uh, type of thing. So it's an interesting uh, interesting thing because we went from there and there was the other project that was done in Pittsburgh, which was, that one was really scary. That was kind of really fun and interesting, which was uh, uh, they they did computer vision, they did supervised learning, unsupervised learning. They, they, they threw everything at it, reinforced learning, right? They didn't tell, uh, actually, it was reinforced learning. They didn't tell the machine anything. They didn't tell the system anything. They just had it watching all these in the casino, watching poker players. And it watched them. They just gave them the, you know, it gave them the rules of the game. And it just looked, watched everything, analyzed everything. And from that point, learned. And then after like, I don't know, eight hours or something like that, it beat everybody. Nobody could win it. Nobody could win against it. Oh, wow. So the application, yeah, the applications have been there in terms of games. I mean, there was the Go project or the, that Go game, which I didn't know anything about. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like Go, what is this? Apparently, very awesome game because uh, I grew up playing chess. But yeah, um, you know, it started with that, right? Like those interesting mm-hmm. projects were like game based. And of course, then at that point, people are like, yeah, but, you know, anybody in business would be like, yeah, but come on, like, who's going to do that? Like, who's got the money to do all that? What are we going to use it for? Now you got ChatGPT and the four 
4.0 version or whatever, it's doing some some pretty interesting stuff. Yeah, it's definitely interesting where I think we're going. Just based on that, where do you think it's going to shape learning and development now that we have generative AI? Well, I, you know, it's interesting you you raised that question because I was telling you before we started recording that I, I'd released a video today. I'm doing two videos this week uh, based on ChatGPT alone, and then I probably will explore the other ones. But use the free version of ChatGPT 3.5, gave it a prompt as a basic instructional designer, you know, just like the average LMD person per se, right? Like, hey, I need a course on this and that, whatever. And then, you know, it made some mistakes. It, it spit out the stuff, but it made some mistakes. And, uh, but the, the beauty of it is that you can be like, hey, I need this set of objectives and I need 20 multiple choice questions. And, you know, as long as you give it the right prompt, it would just spit those things out. And the rest is just for you to look and be like, okay, well, edit that, edit here, done. I mean, it took 10 seconds to do the thing. So then I did an advance. Uh, a little bit of a prompt because, you know, you have to kind of develop personas for it. You have to kind of um, give it some kind of a context of what it's almost like. I, I told people this, like, it's like talking to a, a person that you can actually modify it at command, right? So you could be like, hey, you're a, you're an expert in instructional design. I need a course doing this. And I think the more you the more, you know, as an instructional designer, then the better results you'll get, which is what happened in that video. Yeah. So it, it really, where do I see it? I, well, you know, there was a discussion about it comes from, uh, it's looking at the internet, right? Mm-hmm. We know the internet is full of garbage. There's a lot of garbage in the internet. <laughs> I'm not going to sugarcoat, sugarcoat it here. Uh, anything, the L&D stuff that's in the internet is very hard to find something that has good quality or is accurate. Um, that includes some many of the books that are coming out. So yeah, I'm not going to name titles, but I mean, I've been looking at them and I'm like, okay, that's interesting. So anybody, you know, so they can write something, put it on the internet. It's democratization, right? Which is great when you get a lot of collaboration and stuff, but if, if it's inaccurate and it doesn't have any foundation as to actually how it works, then what is, what, what's the output? What is your production when you're, taking it into your business and you are training, you know, developing training solutions or learning solutions. So that's the challenge there. So it's based on that. It stops in 2021, at least 3.5 is doing that. Uh, Chat UBT 3.5. So as I back in that video, if I said, well, I want a course in this, then it's going to give you all the, it had learning objectives that start with understand and they had all this other stuff. So it goes back to, Yes, you can cut a lot of time. You can definitely serve, save a lot of time. You can do some integrations. You can automate a lot of the processes you do. But if your practice is not a best practice, then it's just doing the same things you're doing now faster. Yeah, I think that's one of the big challenges we have is the training data that it's been trained on because... One thing I see come up a lot in ChatGPT is learning styles. And even yeah. when I tell it not to use that, it brings it up over and over and over. <laughs> it just 
wants to hang on to that. And that's because it's so prominent out there. Yeah. And that can be a challenge. We There's been the studies that show the productivity goes up when you use AI, especially for less experienced workers. Right. That's where the biggest benefit is. But they also are the ones who are going to be less likely to be able to spot these type of things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And well, and then, you know, we talked about the interesting stuff. We talk about the exciting stuff. You and I are looking at that and that's, that's exciting. I think there's also a little bit of trepidation. There's a little bit of scary stuff. I mean, I'm not, I don't, I'm not feeling, I mean, I feel a threat per se, right? But I'm very comfortable in my skills and I know that I can pivot and I know, and my, you know, I'm always been looking at tech since the time that I got laid off. 10 years ago. So, you know, uh, I got let off 11 years ago or something like that. And that really set me into whatever people know today. So, you know, if I got 20 some thousand followers on LinkedIn, it's because I've been putting content since then. Um, so the, but it's a scary thing that I can feel for a lot of people because once a business realizes, right. How this can be used and, and, um, uh, this can be used and really exponentially automated, then there's going to be less need for people. You're you're going to be able to do a lot of things with less people. So a lot of folks have called this the fourth industrial revolution, right? And it's sort of like the same effects that we have when you had the steam engine and you had the print, the press, right? And and the automobile came around, right? And so whoever was riding horses, you know, had to learn how to drive cars, right? And so there was a transition there. And in this situation, for L&D, most things have gone away. And L&D has really run out of things to talk about because of the problems that were mentioned before with the with the accuracy stuff and everything's like fattish, you know, like if you take AI out of the, the equation today, what is LD talking about? You know, yeah. It's the same. It's micro learning is ooh, uh, accessibility, you know, I was like, okay. Yeah. Accessibility has been around for 20 years. What are you guys doing? What are we talking about? So um, AI is, is the thing. And it has to be a component of every single part. But the part that I'm scared about is business operation side. So folks figuring out that, hey, you know, this team, this designer team has a, you know, a tight designer team has a development cycle of probably around eight weeks for e-learning. Probably allow level three e-learning, you know, a little more than interactive with a little gamification or whatever. So... It's gonna take them eight weeks to do that. We can, we can get this, get things started, because it's not really the design team is a problem. Sometimes it's this me content, it's the process. That's the longest time, right? If they don't have the knowledge base and the content set up, then that creates delays. So if you can automate that or you know shorten shorten the time with ChatGPT, then or AI in general, you know a customized model for the enterprise based on the enterprise data, that could be uh, powerful. Yeah, I think Thanks. when we 
hear about AI won't replace you. It's somebody using AI will. That's only like half the story because someone using AI is going to replace like five people instead of just one. And exactly. how we adapt to that and prepare, I think. Right. Some of it's beyond our control. If the businesses are doing this and automating it, they have a choice or an opportunity. Like Ikea, I think, was a really good example. They had uh, AI replace some of the customer service work. So they reskilled them into interior designer type advisor roles. But not everybody's going to do that. They're just going to take that savings and put it back into the business and just not have those workers anymore. Yeah. I mean, so the possibilities and the realities, some of those, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm part Cuban, so I'm going to throw a little conspiracy here. <laughs> a little. <laughs> <laughs> I can make that joke since I'm, you know, part Cuban. <laughs> anyway. Um, I think that part of the possibility is already in emotion in terms of reality. I think, you know, I, I made a post on LinkedIn a while back joking that ChatGPT and this Transformer stuff is just a distraction, you know? Like, look at the shiny toy thing. So everybody's, like, so excited and everybody goes in there. I mean, look at the money that made, right? I mean, so you have all the... um. You have all the learning tools. Many of the major learning tools now are incorporating ChatGPT in the back end uh, as a added feature and powerful feature. Uh, learning platforms like Learn Worlds, they have it in there. Um, and then you have the the things that what I call in the L and D circle in the sphere because I always see L and D as a village. You know, it's like a little village, and you got the elders in the village. And the, you know, in the little groups. And so occasionally one, two, four people go outside of the village. They look at things out in the woods and then they bring them back to the village. And then you get that version of whatever that is. Right. So it's like a diluted version of it. So AI is the same thing. Right now, a lot of the AI you're getting is the power user stuff for AI for anybody talking AI out there, right? So, oh, problem engineer, I'm going to get you this and that. And it's like, okay, well, look at the background of the person. You can learn the stuff online. You go to YouTube, there's like so many people that are like doing the stuff and it's not hard to understand it and learn it. But this will always be there. There will always be people that need that type of interaction. But the interesting piece is the... You're just getting that distraction of the chat GPT, the transformer. But when you look at these concepts of deep learning, reinforcement learning, right? And if you look at the the potentials of implementation and the business end, it's, it's, I think manufacturing will probably lead the way if they're not doing it right now. I would imagine the companies like Tesla, you know, maybe already sort of doing this. I don't know. So I don't want to put you know words in anybody's mm -hmm. mouth. But if you use computer vision to analyze a production line, right, and capture with cameras, capture the behaviors, the timing, the flow of how people work, how people do things, where things are located, things that an instructional systems designer would do back in the day, which was determining those things, whether training was going to be part of that solution or not. The systems can do, could do that, you know, could provide that data to someone that is looking from a desk 
somewhere and just getting reports and graphics on it. And then you can make decisions based on that data. So, I mean, yeah, it may sound, <laughs> it may sound a little bit of 2025. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's next year. So, <laughs> yeah, so. I think a lot's going to happen just even in the next year or so. And we also, you know, it was crazy. I think it was, it took me a little bit by surprise, but you remember, you remember seeing all these videos of the Boston Dynamics uh, robots? Oh, yes, I do. You remember seeing that, right? And many of those, some of them were like fakes, right? Like some say that they were fakes, but some, some of that stuff is very real. And actually, this is the part that I thought was a little crazy. I don't know what this uh, devices can do, but they are this, uh, the police teams now have, robots that look like those and they're dogs so a dog robot is replacing a real dog yeah and i don't know in what capacity they're using but they they're using them if you looked at unfortunately there was the uh i get a lot of the new stuff but um just to say and god bless everybody out there that was heard or not but lakeland church over in texas houston uh there was a shooting and um you can see in the report, the team's responding, and there's this dog, this Cybertronic dog walking uh, that was used in the operation. So it'll be interesting to see what what is, how are we using this? What's happening there? So, yeah. And this is powered by AI too, you know? Yeah, I think we don't even think about that a lot of the times. We're so focused, like you said, it's maybe a distraction, but just... ChatGPT and what it can do, and it can create me this blog post. It can do these things when there's more valuable use cases for it out there that are going on, and things that I didn't even realize a robot dog. <laughs> so, I know. Well, well, exactly. So, like, I, I I thought it was a joke. I thought it was like science fiction or something. Somebody make no, this is real, and these are kind of things that are going to hit you. All right, they're already done. They're already developed. <laughs> it's just going to hit you. You'll be like, what? <laughs> Oh my God. So yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think there are some things to be concerned with. And so what can we do? What can someone do? I think it's no different than what we had. I mean, so no different than what we had in the past, right? In the sense of, okay, until the invention of the internet, we were training teams doing, right? And then the internet came along and you had it learning from like the 2000s. Right. And not many people jumped into that. Everybody liked to be, you know, the trainers wanted to keep being trainers and do the face to face and the dog and pony show type of stuff. Well, how long is that going to last? You know, how long is that still prevalent? Um, I don't see a lot of safe places for those people today or instructional designers, even unless they do a strategy right now where they go to places where that's where this is going to take longer to get to. So for example, federal government. So like if you're working in the federal government, I worked in the federal government for it. It's red tape is archaic in many ways. Yeah. There are some examples here and there, but for the most part, if you're working in the federal government as an instructional specialist or whatever the case, you know, the deal. And I got buddies that do this already. And you know, it's the same thing. So it's it's all school. It's it's still, you know, yeah, they do learning. Many times it's contracted. 
Um, so it's not, you know, it you, you're safe and it's really hard. Nobody's, you know, you're not gonna be fired from that job. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And the layoffs are like sort of protected in many ways and, and that type of stuff. So that's a safe spot. Um, what is another safe spot? I would say, well, if you're consulting or like if you're contracting, but I see money going down, you know, that's my, that's my concern. So it's one of the things I'm exploring right now and looking at that. Um, and you know, there are always circles in which still, still things go around. If you're one of those people that are like going to the conferences and you're like a staple in the learning conferences all the time. And yeah, that might still be uh, going around, but that will depend on the amount of people that can go to those conferences. And so we're looking at the whole systemic flow here, right? <laughs> if the technology evolves, the business end, I mean, it's got to come from the business where the HR operations will be more now consolidated, right? Because um, we did have a little bit of that split from HR doing training and then we have L&D, what, what we call today L&D at a s- separate function. I don't know. Maybe that's something that consolidates because of the technology stuff that we have coming up. Yeah, I think it's an interesting space to see and think about it. There's going to be fewer safe spaces out there. I got you. I think it's, it's worth looking at. I mean, the other safe space, I would say, is education. And uh, that could be your ed tech companies in a way. Um, so a lot of the ed tech, you know, with the with COVID, this new, there was this um, rush, right, for academic systems, academic places to do e-learning or to do virtual. It's the only thing that made it, you know, made them actually move that fast, right? And so you saw the amazing success of Instructure with Canvas as the LMS, right? I mean, I've been through four different uh, programs in higher ed and the same formula, you know, Microsoft Azure and in the back end, Instructure Canvas as the LMS and the same format. So, um, Higher ed will do that, but again, when you go to higher ed, that money comes down. You know, a corporate LN, a corporate instruction designer today, on average, will make seventy to eighty thousand on average. Um, higher end, you'd be close to six figures or over six figures in some higher end situations because you got the the ability to do the toys and stuff. So I think that's where you end up. I think we have a group of IDs, right, that can leverage these technologies, reduce time in production, get things out quicker, right, and do integrations for other interesting things. I mean, reporting has been always a problem with LMSs. So now with ChatGPT and the spreadsheets capabilities and stuff, it could be a nice, you know, use Zapier as a... In between, if you're a power user, you don't have to do any coding. Just pull one end of the other, pull from one end to another and do this and pop it in the dashboard. Hey, you know that there is an app, there are apps right now making courses, right? Like a full-blown course. You yeah, know? I've seen demos of them. I haven't tried them out yet. But 
I know. Some put- of them are not so great, but others are, depending on what the subject matter is. So I'm going to jump. I'm going to jump into that as well. I have to. There's no other choice. I mean, I know I use a platform for my courses. I have some a platform for courses called Core Praxis. That's what the YouTube channel is called. Right now, I only have one course there, which is the Beyond course, and, and it's pretty much free. But in that platform, there is already integrated uh, AI stuff prompts to build parts of the course. The stuff that I'm talking to you about is something else, like apps that you're like, hey, I need a course on this, right? And with that, and it actually spits out everything, but it spits out also the website. Mm-hmm. And the so it does all that work. <laughs> that usually takes a little longer. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there are some. So talking about corporate uh, L&D, yeah. There's some powerful things that we can look at. I don't know. I think the LMS is going to have, the LMS industry is going to have a problem to begin with. If especially like, you know, apps like Long Worlds are doing this type of stuff. And, um, and I want to make sure I'm not, uh, you have sponsors that <laughs> might be, yeah. No, you're no. fine. <laughs> like this guy's talking about, <laughs> yeah. No, but really, I mean, when I look at it, there's a shift, there's a paradigm shift that is coming. If he hasn't, I think it's happening already, but if it, if it hasn't hit, it will hit and it will hit hard and quick. So I don't. I have reservations for a lot of people. I'll say to teachers out there that are leaving and leaving their jobs and coming in to be instructional designers. And I will say, think, I think, think twice because, you know, it's, I mean, unless you love tech stuff and you want to get into this stuff, absolutely. But you're living a lot of securities with a job, mm-hmm. with retirement and pensions. So yeah, it's a different environment. Yeah. Um, yeah I mean, so. I think I think that's where it's at. If you look at it, right? Yeah. Well, thank you so much for that. And I think that job security piece is something we'll really want to watch. We are um, just about at time, so before we wrap up, I wanted to see if you could let our listeners know where they can find you and connect with you online if they want to learn more about your work. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and you know, before I go as well, I just wanted to say that we talked about some uh, interesting things. Uh, I don't want to leave people also with a somber, <laughs> with a somber, yes. I'm like, oh my God. But um, it is something definitely that should be a wake up call at this point. And it, it, I think is, if you look at it from a positive perspective, get involved in it. Um, start looking at things on your own time. Take some time off for, you know, when you're not working, spend some time. Uh, learning about the stuff, reading, uh, you, yeah. if you reading is your thing or if you want to watch, uh, my thing is YouTube videos, like all this people experimenting and doing things that are kind of cool and see how, how that aligns and, and transfers over. Because again, you were saying before, it's the, like the last thing that when, when we're learning skills, right, that you had to code and to be like at, the, at a different level. Well, here is okay, you don't, perhaps you don't have to code, but you want to do that so you can find me uh through starlearn.com and you can find me at corepraxis.com as well but uh i have the youtube channel named core praxis so that's c-o-r-p-r-a-x-i-s and um and i'm doing videos there that are related to the stuff 
directly related with L&D. Thank you, Alex. And thank you all for joining us for another episode of the AI Learner Lounge. You can catch another episode next Tuesday.